This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi everybody, just before you listen to this episode, I'd just like to bring your attention to a Patreon supporter programme that we do have. I'd like to encourage you to join if you haven't done so already. If you go to patreon.com forward slash pod, you'll find details of how to support this show and how to support this content You'll get lots of extra bits and pieces in return. So again, head over to patreon.com forward slash pod if you want to help support our content and help us grow and get even better. Friday evening at 8pm, which means it's time for the Seasiders Podcast Friday Night Preview Show. And tonight we have a special guest in the form of Andy Holt, the chairman of Accrington Stanley, and also Aki fan Jace Graham. Andy's going to give us an insight into the inner workings of Stanley, football chairmanship, the issues facing clubs in the current climate, and also to help us preview tomorrow's match as Blackpool travel to the crown ground and a League One tussle of the two in-form Lancashire clubs. I'm John Aspinall, and this is the Seasiders Podcast. Friday night preview show. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the CSANS podcast Friday night preview show. Welcome to all the Aki fans out there. I hope there's a few of you watching to. Watch your chairman, El Presidente, Mr. Andy Holt. Good evening, Andy. Uh, fantastic for you to come on, and uh, thanks for joining us. Whoops. And it, and it had help if I unmuted your mic. Sorry, Andy, you'll have to say that again. <laughs> Andy, welcome. Good evening, guys. Yeah. Uh, joking. Thanks for inviting me on any time. Yeah, it's, right. it's a pleasure. I'll have, to unmute, I'll have to unmute you, Jace. Jace, you're, Jace Graham, you're an Aki fan. Thanks for coming on. You're welcome, lad. Good to see our Northern brothers. <laughs> Keep it red rose, eh? Um, also, right. also joining us on the pod is Tim. Evening, Tim. Hope you're well. Evening. Welcome, everybody. <laughs> Actually, I've got to say to you two guys, Jason and Andy, I could well have, <clears throat> but for a quirk of fate, I could have been an Aki fan myself. 
because my family come from Clayton Moors and um, I moved, um, my dad moved to Blackpool in 1966, just before I was born. So uh, if he'd stayed with the rest of where my rest of my family are, I could well have been one of you guys. So um, I always got a soft spot for you. But for a quirk of fate, I'm one of have been involved in the football club. <laughs> we'll, come, we'll come to that. <laughs> we'll come to that later, Andy. But what's Jay as a, saying there? As a, as a kid, I could have been a Blackpool fan because my um, my grandma had a, a caravan at the Carl Grand in Thornton. I know. Right. And so during, during the Sam Ellis days, you didn't like didn't, you didn't like Sam Ellis, did you, lads? I started to go, go to Bloomfield Road for a few games because we were at a caravan um, there was a big Ellis Out campaign so I used yeah, to just go to Bloomfield Road and there'd be Ellis Out <laughs> Ellis Out <laughs> so yeah so I could have, could have swapped, the other, swapped the other way around okay. uh, another another quirk of fate is um, my mate's dad used to manage all the fruit machines and the slot machines at the Carlegram in Fleetwood so I used to go there with him helping him with the machine uh, and I've also, I also used to work in Clayton in for Express Gifts as well, Andy. So I'm sure that's a company you know well. You know, okay. Tom, welcome, Tom. Sorry, we forgot to introduce you, Tom. Mate. Tom, Tom, we've got you to thank for all this, haven't we? You want to explain to the listeners what you've done? Yeah, just reached out to Andy and is kind enough to follow me back and and uh, get it organised. So thanks again, Andy. It's really it's a real pleasure to have you on the pod. No worries at all. Right, Andy, we'll get going. Um, can you just briefly introduce yourself, just for those who the Blackpool fans out there who may not have heard of you? So uh, fire away. Yeah, Andy, I'm the major shareholder racking to Stanley. I own seventy five percent of shares. Twenty five percent is owned by the fans and. Uh, Try to keep it in a sensible running manner. That's really all I've set out to do, and we're still doing it. I bet that's pretty difficult in the current climate, so that's something we're going to be touching on in this series of interviews, which we're going to kick off now. Tim and Tim and Tom, our resident flower pot men, are going to quiz you now, Andy. Uh, so, <laughs> so pin your ears back. Um, Tim, away you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, you've, you've spoken about, um, obviously, your 75% shareholding. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how you came to acquire that and, and, and your background as an Accrington fan? Well, I'd only ever been to one Accrington game in, in my life, and that was uh, a 7-4 match against uh, Gillingham, I think. I only went there with, with a mate of mine, and uh, beginning of 2015, I were, I were, they were pestering for sponsorship money because obviously the club was struggling. So after much pestering, and I mean much pestering, they must have asked me a dozen times, uh, I agreed to sponsor. Really blind, you know, I said, look, we'll sponsor you and we'll, we'll uh, name the stadium and put a, put a few bobbing tit shirts. I think it was about £200,000 for three years we agreed. Uh, when I got there, I went I went to watch him virtually after I'd sponsored him. I'd been round and had a look and I thought, Jesus, a bit uh, needs a bit of work doing around here. Uh, but uh, we sponsored them and I went to watch a game they ran out of beer they had no money they couldn't afford to buy beer for people to drink uh, it, it got really straight in times wages weren't being paid or anything and we'd sponsored them so I was kind of in but but uh, when I got there I thought well, we sponsored them you know we've helped them out and that's fair enough and uh, whatever happens we've done alright and Peter Marsden former chairman 
sidled up to, to, to me and said, uh, look, can you help us out? We can't pay wages, we're really struggling and I can't keep putting it in. Uh, we beat Burnley that match, it were a friendly. And uh, I, uh, I agreed to have a look at it and I looked at it over a month where we did all junior leagues on club and we looked at accounts and legals and all the rest of it. And uh, it was an all-brainer. We shouldn't have uh, shouldn't have got involved. <laughs> but uh, the people grabbed me. You know, the community trust, what they do with kids and disabled people in town, the uh, the fans, the, the supporters club, the uh, academy, the kids are eight-year-old running around the place. So, so they grabbed me and I thought, you know, it, it'd be a shame if it all fails. So, so I agreed to uh, help them help them out. But the terms of helping them out were that uh, we'd, we'd make it into a decent club that could live within its means and, and, and run, run reasonably well. So they were terms. I mean, when I joined, there were no proper accounts. There were, you know, there were true boxes with a few bob on shelf. You know, and it, it, they didn't have, none of the staff were paid. You know, it, it were just... It was a real voluntary organisation where everybody were doing the best, all working for them, including players, including John Coleman and Jimmy never got paid many times. In fact, they didn't get expenses till I got there and I'm sick that I have to give it to them now. <laughs> but, but, but when we looked at it, it was too, too good too good a stay, too good a place, too good, the people are too good to, to uh, let down. So I went against everybody's advice, my, my wife, my accountant and everybody and, uh, and lawyers and just said, look, We'll do it, and uh, on October 28th at about 8.28 at night, they held a vote in Supporters Club bar after I'd been asked for an asset stripper. Uh, we all know about those at Blackpool. <laughs> well, they asked me for an asset stripper, and I explained there were only one, one person with any assets. So, but <laughs> uh, great people, and, and uh, to be honest, it's what keeps me involved. The, 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 the people are great, and, uh, and I missed them. I missed them all this year. Missed Jess, missed the pounding pipe, missed everything that, that goes on a normal match day. Tomorrow would have been absolute bedlam. Uh, it would have been a full yeah. It would have been a pounding pipe. There'd have been Blackpool fans in 10 wheels. We'd have all been mixing and having a natter and having a beer and having a laugh and giving badges to kids. And uh, It'd have been a fabulous, fabulous day. Instead, it's, it's another football day that... You know, it, it appeals to me in terms of I want Accrington to win, but as a spectacle, I won't, I won't, I won't pay to go to it and for him to have any crowd there. I've got to say, Andy, before we move on to the next question, I think one of the things that Blackpool fans particularly, you know, we've all got a soft spot for Accrington. First of all, it was the first game that we played um, when we came back from um, uh, when the uh, court-appointed receiver came in so it was the first game we played so we had a fantastic Tuesday night down there and I think we managed to sneak a win um, but I think just your hospitality when uh, when Blackpool fans have come to the come to the stadium you know the way you make an effort with the um, fan zone and really try and encourage away fans to come I know we perhaps maybe slightly abused that hospitality last season which is regrettable um, but it, what a great day out it is it's one of my it's one of the fixtures I, I look for every single season and that's every credit to you guys. Well, I, I appreciate you say that because the, the guys do go to a, a lot of trouble to uh, to make people welcome, and uh, half of our income comes from away away supporters. You know, be it from ticket money, from uh, beer and pie money, and pot money, and whatever. So, so you know, if somebody's going to travel to our place, somebody came to your house, you'd get you'd, you'd 
you know, you'd look after him, give him a drink and uh, feed him, take the three points off him and send him home. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you'd do. <laughs> did you uh, always, did you support Accrington before becoming chairman or did you did you just support someone else and then got involved with them more and more as you took over? No, I was kind of uh, one of the worst kind of football fans you could ever... Uh, Not Man United, know. Andy. Please don't say that. I'd go on Man United matches. I'd go on... Uh, being job, I mean, I could, I could go to places anyhow, so I could get... I, I, there were a lot of people, a lot of kind of hospitality dudes come and watch Man United, come and watch Liverpool, come and... You know, I went to Man United, Barcelona final at Wembley. Uh, so I was fortunate enough to go to a, a lot of them games and uh, it was when I didn't understand football that I went to them games and uh, I couldn't go back that way because... It's not really football. You're just part of a herd yeah. watching uh, like a, a made-up kind of environment, and it's just not hockey. It's not Blackpool. It's not. It's not for me. It's football's gone too too corporate, and uh, we try to avoid that. Yeah, um, you, you, you sort of touched upon um, something which I think will probably crop up in the next question. I mean, I think it's it's well documented that you you've probably got the, the lowest revenue streams in Division 1, if not the lowest, most certainly one of the lowest. So it must be a challenge to make ends meet and to keep yourself competitive in, in, in the division. How, how do you go about doing it? Is, is there a sort of strategy to that, or, or or is it a case of just taking opportunities as and when they come, come along? Well, I mean, let me say that even at a lower budget, there are good players out there. I mean, we, we've, we've set some... Uh, great players on for for you know reasonable wages not not absolutely ridiculous wages so so there are great players out there in non league we we got uh, Dion Dion Charles and Colby Bishop out of uh, Southport and Leamington there are great players that you can get and I see our job is bringing them players up not not buying players to achieve something is bringing them players through and achieving something by helping them achieve what they want to do and and call it subscribes to that at the end of the day we we you know, I could, if I wanted to, increase Accrington's budget, but it'd be a mistake because you can't increase it one year. You know, you've got uh, contracts, a multi-year contracts, and, and once you increase it, there's no going back. So, so last year we, we covered, but I think we lost about sixty or seventy thousand pounds. Which, bear in mind, we made a million a year before. It's not so bad. And uh, this year our losses will be reasonably controlled. So, so I have this discussion with John Coleman all all the time, and he. he you know, you, you, we, we have a real close friendship and, and a good understanding of what we're trying to do. Cole has been at it for 20 years at Accrington Stanley and, uh, you know, he, he's aware of his legacy and he wants to leave it right. You know, and he's saying to me, look, we sold some players or we've got a good cup run, we can do this at stadium, we can do that at stadium, to stadium. So he, he's really on board with developing Accrington Stanley. He's not your typical manager. He's not developing his career because his career is proved or any, anything that needs to be proven. So, so in Jim and John, they're, they're fantastic. So, so when you say how do you cope with that budget, it's not difficult because we're a team, we're mates, and we know what we're trying to do. We want to leave Accrington in a great shape. Uh, you've, got to, you've got to look at your position in the league at the moment, Andy, and say that uh, it seems to be working a treat for you at the moment. It would be if we got that PPG tonight, wouldn't it, after that match report's worth an old. Yes. Thinking was- of getting there. <laughs> I was just going to say, Andy, so I'm just going to butt in here and just harking back to what you've just said then about team spirit and it's not necessarily money. I mean, Blackpool as a club, we're, we're a perfect example 
at the time that you don't need masses of investment in the playing staff or in wages to be a success as long as you've got a tightly knit team and for the right people as we illustrated when we got to the Premier League on a you know a relative shoestring budget so you're right there from what you're saying so yeah it's a, it rings true Blackpool's Blackpool's a fantastic club and uh, you know all that uh, carry on with Easton you got that settled and, and away you go and uh, you know I'm glad you did. I, when I came there and we, we we played at your place, not not the, not last time when we wiped you one million last minute, I think it were, but uh, time before, uh, and I, I went in stands with crowd. We are we are away fans because uh, you know as, as a chairman, there's a time when you've got to go, and this time had passed, and and as a chairman, there'll be a time when I've got to go. And my time will pass, and people will tell me people like Jays, people, you know, fans around, they'll just say, Look, we've had enough of you, and when they do, I'll, t- I'll sling me up. Uh, and I think I think all clubs get to that, and I think all chairmen, you know, they get so they've done all they can reasonably do in terms of taking it forward. And, uh, you know, I thought Eastern's time were up, so I'm glad it went. I'm glad that your first game back were against us. I think any reasonable, reasonably minded human being. Would kind of take the hint when the time, you know, when you, your time's up, your time's up, isn't it? But yeah, Tim, you were at the first away game, weren't you? Aki, I unfortunately couldn't make that game, so it was a, it looked a great occasion on TV. It was, fa- it was fantastic. It was joyous. I mean, we were in the um, the fan zone area that where there's like a for those who haven't been, um, Accrington put up like this huge marquee up, and um, they had somebody in there with a guitar who was who was basically getting the fans going. And everybody was just in such a celebratory mood, and um, and uh, obviously it was particularly poignant for me because we, you know, we'd uh, just come in and I was desperately helped trying to get things ready for Southend the following week, and it was just great just to go to a game and see Blackpool fans all all together and 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 without the division that we'd seen over the previous four or five years, and um, it was like a culmination of of, of many 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 different scenarios that we'd all had to deal with over the course of that period. And it it was just, for, for 90 minutes, it was just supporting your team and not having to concern yourself with what everything that had gone before and everything that obviously we still had to arrange. So and it helped that we beat Accrington, of course. That was always there. Uh, <laughs> robbed us, robbed us. Right. <laughs> I think we did rob you, to be fair. <laughs> I wasn't there, so I can't comment. Um, <laughs> we'll call that bottle gate. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, you had touched upon COVID and how it's affecting sort of your club, which it's nice to see you've actually done okay considering the circumstance because it's heartbreaking not going to the football and stuff. How, how do you think COVID's affected um, clubs like ours and League One and League Two clubs? And how do you feel about the apparent lack of sort of funding that the government and the Premier League has failed to sort of support us with considering how much money is in, you know, their league at the moment? Well, I mean, COVID's devastated uh, football, it's it's devastated us. It's took away the reason for football, which is the people. And uh, without people, I, for me, there's not a lot of enjoyment. Look, I want us to win, and I like I like watching us win. But you know, some of the away matches, I'd rather watch an half other than watch uh, uh, the travel two hundred miles to watch a match uh, that you might win or lose. So, so without that atmosphere and without the people, it's. For me, it's football's a non-starter. We need to get fans back, and uh, so so aside from the finances, which which we can touch on if you want, uh, without fans, football's nothing. 
that's, that's where I come from. Uh, financially, as a club, we, we cut our budget again this year uh, in agreement with John and, and uh, Jimmy and the lads uh, to, to give us best chance of surviving through a year and, and building. And uh, we, we've had £375,000 as of you from Premier League, and I'm, I'm really grateful for that because it's, uh, it's kind of free money, it's a free gift. I took over the problem of Accrington Stanley. And uh, in any business, when, I, when you take over a business, if it goes... Uh, if it goes uh, wrong as, as the owner or the major shareholder, you're, you're, you're in line for problems. Uh, so I appreciate what Premier League have done. And, and uh, you know, if they can do a bit more, I'll be very grateful. And same with government. What about the government? So, sorry, Tim. What, what do you think about the government support, Andy, given the fact they've dished out millions of pounds to other sectors, but they've, they've lumped in lower division EFL clubs with the rest, with kind of the, the top earners in the championship. So, what's your opinion on the government support? I mean, when when on that project restart, they, they, they said to Premier League, you can you can well restart season provided you uh, work properly with the rest of the uh, EFL. So, so the deal was that uh, they'd let Premier League restart uh, and part of, part of the EFL provided uh, they help fund the shortfalls. And Premier League agreed to that. This is what I've been told. I weren't involved in the uh, discussions, but this is what I've been told. They got 1.2 billion of income as a result of being able to restart, and they didn't dare say that deal whether they'd fund the EFL. And I think that's why government were sticking and saying, okay. saying we're not, we're not uh, dishing anything out. But listen, don't talk to me about government. <laughs> <laughs> that's a different subject. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that, and uh, that was a sort of thing I was that I was going to ask the same question. But we have this almost like Mexican standoff, don't we? Where the government are saying we're not do- we're not going to sort it out. But to me, the impression I have uh, from from the outside is that you know, as always, the Premier League are very self serving. We saw this nonsense going around with Liverpool and Man United, didn't we? Where they were trying to leverage um, a deal with the other Premier League clubs. By by effectively using the EFL, and I think at one point they're even threatening to leave, weren't they, and join the EFL uh, to sort of get what they wanted. And I, just, I felt that I felt that the EFL clubs, particularly the Division One and Division Two, were like pawns in a bigger game, and 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 it were, be- were better than that, and uh, we deserve better than that. And I, I think the government, you know, it comes back to the government. I think needing to clamp down in, on the way in which the Premier League seem to run run their operation, which is just far too self-serving and particularly when the government are then expecting them to do the bailout and, and clearly I know you've had some money but that's um, I'm sure that's not covering anything like the losses that you and, and other clubs in the lower divisions um, are suffering at this moment in time because the, the match day income is is crucially important isn't it? Well it is but I, I mean I, I'm, I'm a councillor councillor lad and when when uh... When somebody gives you some, you know, if you're hungry and somebody gives you two chips, it, it might not be a feast, but you show gratitude. And hopefully by showing gratitude, people realise that you're decent and, and, and you, they give you a bit more, another chip. And, and there's too many people saying it's not good enough. And, and I think guys have given us uh, 375,000 quid out of their coffers, uh, you know, 20 grand a, a club. And uh, I'm not going to knock it. Is it enough? You know, that's that's a separate issue. But uh, you know, they they're doing what they said what they said they'd do on the project restart. And for me, that's all they have to do. I can't expect them to do any more. Uh, yeah, we, we we still have issues. 
you know, it's still it's still really tough, and it's a lot tougher for other clubs, some other clubs. Uh, but but it's a good start, you know. Where where well, there's no club gone bust. Uh, people people are still rolling on. So so, you know, let's see where we go from here. They're about to divvy up. They're a fifty million pound pot from Premier League, fifteen million in three twenty three seventy fives and two fifties to League One and League Two clubs. Uh, fifteen million in related to crowd size, and the other twenty related to stopping clubs from going bust. So, we we might get a touch out of this second pot, the second fifteen million. Uh, we won't get any out of the last twenty million because we won't be going bust. Simple as that. So, uh, we'll we'll see what it gets from there. But but some of the bigger clubs, you know, it's moral hazard, and all a lot of these big clubs have overspent and and uh, left themselves in a hole. Uh, for, for you know, for that COVID came along and nobody could have anticipated. But in business, that's what happens. You know, things come along that are unexpected. You know, that you can't anticipate, and uh, you've got to be ready for them. You, you don't know what the issue is. You just know there'll be an issue. And I could we tried to do that. So we built a balance sheet when we started. You know, our balance sheet were 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 insolvent to tune of two million, and as a start of this year, we had about one point seven million of net worth. So, so you've a bit of something to go at, and and that's, you know, that's that's where we we try to operate. A lot of us, other clubs haven't. Uh, the, the other thing I'd say is that a lot of these bigger clubs that want to take all the all the pot because of the size of the crowd. When when crowds come back, they're going to be in clover because they've got that big crowd and they've got a fixed salary cap at two and a half million. So, so the rest of it's profit. So they'll be running in profit, but uh, Aki won't be. Uh, running two and a half million budget and staying in profit. So these big guys that are doing a lot at uh, Grumbling are actually in a real good position going forward because budgets have been constrained, wages have been constrained, and, and they can run a proper business with a surplus. Do you not think that that's, will that not help you, though, as well? But, I mean, my immediate thoughts were that there's a very big levelling of the playing field, isn't it, with those with the salary caps? Because um, a, a club like Akron's has always always historically come up against, you know, if you come against a club like Sunderland, which has effectively a, a, a ridiculous wage bill or Portsmouth to perhaps to a slightly lesser degree, but there is going to be, there is going to be a leveling off, isn't there? I would have thought if, you know, if you've, and then if you've got a cap at that figure, even if you're not at the cap, you're not going to be too far away from where they're at though, are you? Well, you, you say that we are less than 50% at cap as we speak. Mm. So, so they've still got double our budget. Listen, some of these clubs, it don't matter how much money they have, they'll still make a mess of it. So, so it's agents and players and everybody will ask for as much cash as you'll ever put in front of them. You know, there's there's no there's got to be some constraint because owners don't can't do it. They won't do it. They won't. They won't say no. You know, you, you, you've you've seen it. And it just it just leads to a, an escalation of uh, agents fees and players fees and you. You know, you've got to have a lid on it. And if owners can't do it, then EFL has to do it. Now, I'm not saying that that cap at two and a half million is right, but I'm saying you have to have a cap when the people that are doing job can't do it themselves. When we talk about the EFL, and um, obviously I think you've been very, a very outspoken critic of some of their policies. Um, do you think they've, I mean, obviously Blackpool particularly um, has suffered, in my view, um, quite um, uh, uh, quite uh, tragically in the way in which the EFL have applied their rules, particularly in relation to our ex-owner um, uh, and and and, uh, and and his past uh, misdemeanours. But do you think that the EFL have really got a grasp yet of that ownership issue? You know, the, old, the owners and directors test as it stands, there still seems to be a plethora of 
owners who've got through the net, so to speak. You know, we've seen the problems at Berry, haven't we, and at Bolton, um, uh, at Coventry. Um, do you think they really sort of get the get the issue, and do you think they've got the appetite to tackle it? I think they've got the appetite. I think they get the issue. Whether they can tackle it or not is another matter. So, so you look at all these issues with uh, owners coming in and uh, EFL allowing them in. There, there isn't a queue of owners for a lot of clubs. So, so if you get so you've only got one owner, what are you going to do? What's he going to do? Say, look, you can't have an owner. You can just go bust. So sometimes when a, when a club's you know on its arse, it, it has uh, EFL are in a real difficult position. Uh, it's not like there's a, there's a queue of owners for some of these clubs. Uh, having said that, an, an owner's and directors test for me is a waste of time. Other than cursory glance, it's 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 watching how clubs progress. They get all the accounts, they know the numbers. They knew for years that Bury weren't pay, paying the bills long before uh, Steve Dale's time. You know, EFL were paying bills for them and taking it away from their uh, distributions, as far as I can see. So, EFL knows when there's problems, and, it, and it's when problems arise that EFL need to be stronger. And it's the ongoing thing. Because with football, when you take over a football club, you don't know what you're getting into. I was shocked. You, you've just got no idea what kind of world it is. It's not a normal business. It's not like buying a little factory or a little uh, shop or whatever. It's it's football, and it's it's a different world, and it's hard to get. It's hard to grasp. It's only when you get involved that you realise what's really involved, and. Uh, you think to yourself, Jesus, why did I get involved? <laughs> I, had a, I had a little taster for, uh, for four months. And as you can imagine, uh, the day that um, Paul Cooper went in and the day we walked into Blackpool Football Club uh, was certainly an eye-opener. And um, and uh, it's uh, I can I can fully empathise with the type of situations that you were having to deal with. A quick note about EFL and owners and directors test. By, by having an owners and directors test, they buy all the problems in. So once they've met, met, said you've passed this test, everything that happens from that point is the EFL's fault. And that's why I don't like owners and directors test. There should be a duty of owners throughout ownership that you stand that you've got to keep up to. So you should have an owners and directors cursory glance at you, uh, a gangster, or a robber, or have you been done for tax, or all the rest of that, carry on. Uh, and, then, and then there has to be a duty of care going forward that uh, you live up to. So, if, you go, if you go into Germany, for instance, you've got this, the independent regulator. Well, most European countries, you have an independent regulator, and you know you're you are not financially prudent. You can't don't pay your debts. You um, are spending more than your revenues coming in, and you know in in certain divisions, particularly Germany and Italy, you, you get relegated, and um, and that and and they do it, and they they've done it re- reasonably regularly, and and people, you know, owners and and clubs know that they can't run loose and fast with the money in the way that some of the clubs in, in England, I think, have done in the past. So did you yeah, think right. an independent regulator, or do you think that's going too far? Well, uh, yeah, yeah, they need regulation that's that's monitored and managed properly, or you need somebody, somebody that will do it for you. You know, you, you, you're saying that they've got to spend what they've got and not, not run uh, big deficits or anything, and uh, they do. So, so And everybody whinges when you put a salary cap in, but that's doing effective, that is effectively an owner's, uh, a, a tool for managing owners, so so you can take points of them and do what you want. Now the level of the cap, if 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 over time, if the next year people have big surpluses, you can increase the cap. Mm. You know you can you can change it to suit. But if there's people who still go and bust, you can you can reduce it and tighten it down. If if the cap's at two and a half million, an average income for a club available for players is two and a half million, then anybody who goes bust won't lose too much. So so rescuing them would be fairly easy. So. so 
I'm, I'm, I think EFLs, you know, they still get on my nerves, but they're doing a lot of things right. You know, they're, they're definitely doing right and they won't show on over with there, way out of shadow of a doubt. So, so as much as they get on my wick this lot, they're better than the last lot by a mile. <laughs> Andy, you did just touch on clubs going bust there. Do you think there's any close to the to the wire by the end of this season, given the COVID situation? Do you think we'll lose anyone else? Well, I, uh, you know, people keep... There's been 10 about to go bust since May. You know, everybody keeps saying there's clubs about to go bust and, and they keep not going bust. So I, I don't think there's anybody going to uh, go bust particularly. I think uh, there's a pot there from Premier League to help and Premier League have said you can contact, contact them and uh, they'll lend you a few of them as well if you can prove you need it. Uh, but if you do that, uh, you know, you've got, you're have you embargoed and, and that's how it should be because if you were borrowing money to stay alive, you shouldn't be spending money on players. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so yeah, I think given COVID, I think, I think we're, brought, we're on the right path. I really do. I think, uh, you know, they've thrown in it deeper in EFL. I think, you know, they should have spent less time on project, big pitch or whatever it was called and, Closing up to Man United and Liverpool, and more time sorting this bailout up and, and getting clubs in order, uh, and then then let's get on to long term financial structure uh, and distributions because that's been wrong ever since I joined. You know, and uh, don't forget clubs are going bust long before COVID were even invented. That's right. So, yeah. uh, do you, Andy, do you still keep in contact with sort of the football league's chairmen, and how does that work with COVID and in this current situation? I'll take you meet up on Teams or Zoom or something, or, or it was contact sort of fell, fell apart since since we haven't been attending matches? No, no, I talked to him on Zoom, talked to him on email, I talked to uh, a lot of owners, believe it or not, share my views, but they prefer not to say so. And I can't sit pointing not saying so because I'm only doing a job. You know, my job's to do my best for Akron to Stanley and I can't do my best if I'm going to allow them to uh, just do what they want to do. You know, so so it also it's important is is to let our fans, like the people that, that like Aki and love Accrington, people that have been going on for, you know, decades, let them know what, what is really going on behind the scenes because I have nothing to hide. You know, I'm, I'm doing a job on their behalf and... Uh, There'll come a time when they've had enough of it and then I'll move on. You know, I'm not in it to make money. I don't expect to get any money out of it. I expect uh, to to help the town a bit and uh, uh, and when it's done, it's done. You know, I'll move on and just go on every now and again and my partner, Jess. It's interesting you uh, say that. I don't know if you saw Ian Holloway on Twitter yesterday talking about keeping in communication with fans, but he alluded to the fact that in the past he's not, kept in contact with sort of the fans and I don't know if that was a, a hint towards Oyston because he was constantly sort of saying he's an alright chairman but he said he made mistakes in the past and not talking about previous owners and he's here to do it now so sort of give me the feedback you want to give me and I'll try and stay in contact through Twitter now and he's only just done that sort of yesterday so it's interesting to see so far in his career using social media to see how important it is to contact the fans so I don't know if you saw that or not but I did, I did see it and uh, it, it was quite a good it was quite a good uh quite a good thread. Uh, you know, and, and I, listen, communication with fans is, you know, if, if I go to our fans and say, look, we're losing a fortune, we can't do this, they'll say, good, well, let's not do it then. You know, if I said to them, do you want us to spend, you know, we, we own our own stadium now. If I said to them, do you want us to lend a million quid against stadium, put it on player budget, and if it works, we go up, and if it doesn't work, we, we go bankrupt, they'd all say, don't spend it. To a man, you know, all these fans just want you to spend money and all that. It isn't true, Akron. They they want their club. 
It belongs to them. You have, um, um, I, know, I didn't actually realise that 25% of your shares are owned by the fans. Do, do you have fans representatives on the board then? Well, um, yeah, yeah. How much input do they have? We don't, we don't really have a board, but uh, on, on every issue, uh, we, we JS comes in, you know, on the season ticket issues. We have the supporters club in Peter Leatham that's doing a fantastic job. Uh, and, and we talk to them all the time. So, so anything that's going on at our club, they know. The only things they don't know are things that we're not allowed to tell them for legal reasons. But other than that, we've nothing to hide. You know, I'm happy to say uh, what we're doing and what we're not doing because we're doing it on their behalf. You know, there's, no, there's no, no need to hide. And if it, even if it's absolutely bad, they'll understand that it's bad. I'm, I'm not trying to make it bad. I'm trying to make it good. But, you know, things happen. You know, COVID happens and all the rest of it. Even with COVID, we're, we're a decent little club. When you talk about players and all and player budgets... We just got a player from you, Michael Nottingham. You know, if you're letting the likes of him go, you must have a great side. <laughs> a fantastic lad, a great lad. <laughs> Listen, when we got it, we're landing on his feet. You know, we've got a great squad, and uh, you know, and, and talking to him is a is a belting lad. So you know, we had one off here on loan last season, Nick Anderton, and uh, you know, these are belting lads. So you must have some good ones there if you're letting them go. You know what I mean? I don't know what you keep in there, but you must have Pelly and Maradona. He's <laughs> the, 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 the decision to I mean, we've got comments on the screen there, Andy, uh, from Christian Wilson. Compare Andy to the communication we had previously. It's something I was just about to touch on. It's a complete polar opposite of the the way we were communicated with with our previous regime, Tim. I think we were. Just kept in the dark and smoke and mirrors every possible opportunity, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't know how much um, Andy and Jace know about it, but obviously we set up a supporters trust, obviously, which Christine Seddon's now chair of. Um, I was the first chair and they wouldn't communicate with us. They wouldn't speak to us. We weren't allowed to use any, use any facilities in the ground. Uh, we were treated with derision. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And um, and and all we really wanted to do was to represent fans' interests. And um, we didn't we didn't set out to get oystered out, which it, which became the ultimate mantra. Um, that was really a reflection of all the the decision they took, the um, incredible decision they took to start suing fans that really sort of brought that to the fore. Um, but um, yeah, it was it was very difficult difficult to actually to be a fan during that period because you felt you were at war with your own owners and, um, and it shouldn't be like that, you know, and, and, and they, for me, they created that scenario um, by their, by their attitude, um, you know, um, 
Carl, Carl in particular was very antagonistic towards anybody who had the temerity to say anything. You didn't have to be that critical. I mean, we, I mean, the first thing we ever did was arrange a, uh, the safe standing road show to come to Blackpool so we could show what safe standing looked like. And we weren't even allowed to put the display up in, 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 in the, um, the vicinity of the ground. We had to go on the nearby, uh, uh, casino car park. And that was just, that's just an, an early example before there was actually any real, real issues there. So it's, in, it's an incredible to hear and you know a scenario where you know it's a you know, to use the, the Ian Holloway expression a breath of fresh air to hear um, about the about you know an owner who's got such a an open and transparent attitude to the way in which the football clubs run because that's the way it should be. I mean, I'm a great believer that the fans should be right at the heart of everything that goes on, and and when they do understand, as sure Jason will say, you know, when you do understand what's going on, you 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 you're a lot more tolerant, I think, of 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 what's going on on the pitch and what's going on with the budgets. And so why hide it? Why, why be secretive? I don't, I don't understand it. Andy, were you, were you involved around the 2010 time period? No. Oh, okay. I'm not that man. I'm only doing 10 years. <laughs> so I was, I was just going to say, yeah, Carl, Carl Oyston was actually elected to the football league board of directors, uh, as a representative for 2010. So you might've had a bit of fun dealing well, there with him. There. <laughs> so, it is a football is a bit like that you know there's a lot of people that have been friends for a lot of years and you know there's a bit of leniency showed as, as there would be when you work together on boards and whatever so so I don't think that helped EFL but you know when you talk about fans and this suing fans and all that carry on when when, when I started at Hackett they were choosing eight against Hartlepool I think we had about 800 on and uh, you know I, I sat there thinking well uh, I'm doomed here what if I took on you know we can't we can't go on at this at this level, and uh, you, you got a real appreciation for every single one of them that came on. You know they they could be spending the money helping me do my job and building building their club. So you know we want fans. Worst thing you can do, you know we can do what we do without our supporters club and without Jess uh, and his his crew. You know we just couldn't do what we do. And all atmosphere, everything about Accrington is down to them. You know what I do is just. Play with numbers and call John Coleman now and again, literally for cheating at cards. So <laughs> that's what I do. I don't. The real hard work was on with Jace when he's painting banners in Tesco at midnight, <laughs> ready for the next game, and and supporters clubs that are raising money for our TV screen. So so, and it's our TV screen. It's our you know because I'm just a fan. I'm just like just like anybody else. I enjoy going on. I enjoy pint after the match. I only want to go and have a pint with my lad and watch a match. We're the rest of lads of which Jace is one of the main ones, but there's you know there's two and a half thousand of us now, and uh, you know the real down to earth people. Uh, you're never going to build a club by falling out with fans. I don't know why owners get into that, and I don't know what even the motivation would be for falling out with fans. Somebody's paying to come and look at your TV, and they complain they don't like what's on telly. You don't kick them out and sue them. It's just, it's just just... You're like, okay, well, I'll, I'll turn it over then while you go. You know what I mean? You, you work, you work together, and you say, look, or you say, look, I've got to watch this because, and, and you work together and, and work it through. And uh, you know, I know, I know, with Jason, with Rustic guys, uh, I, can, I can work through whatever comes. You know, we won't be going bust. We're going to have a great club. I'm sick as a seaside donkey uh, to point to point a phrase uh, that we haven't got fans in. We're going to have a rebuilding exercise when we, when we do get people back. Because some people are saying, 
they've got out of habit and some people are saying they're not going back until they're sure this vaccine works whether they're allowed in or not so so we you know with a lot of older end fans supporters that have been there since back until last went out at league in fact so so it's not going to be a straightforward build I'm, I'm in for it I'm in it for you know I, th- I think we've got a lot of work to do and uh, uh, supporters club and the ultras are absolutely key to that work okay um finally uh, viewers, if you are, if you've got any quick questions for Andy, um, just drop them in the comments, and we'll we'll ask them just before we finish this segment. Um, just finally, Andy, what's what's your aspirations for Aki, both both on and off the pitch? Um, I did notice you've got a last season. You've got a very nice new stand. I was very impressed with the facilities behind that stand. It was a it was a big improvement from the previous year. So, have you got any plans to develop the ground any further, or and where where do you see the club going in? I don't know, five years time. Well, we, we, we carry on with plan to make it a stable, a great club for the town. And we'll just carry on with that plan. And it, it's, it's been slowed down because of COVID, no doubt about it. Yeah. But what I mean, that's, that's what happens with business plans. You put a business plan together and you plan it over a certain time. And uh, sometimes it takes a bit long, longer. Sometimes it happens a bit sooner. So we'll be, we'll, we'll be fine, Zaki. It's going to be a great club for the town, hopefully long after I'm gone, which uh, uh, is all I want to do. You know, I'm not, I'm not, not in it to do anything other than that. Okay, we've got a comment. Did I read that, um, that you, you, you might potentially look at moving ground? Is it, was it to church or somewhere in, in just out of out of the town? Is that feasible or is it, did you see yourself, you see the future at the Crown Ground? Who said that? Where's that? Oh, I did a bit of wiki research and it was mentioned in there. And I thought, I'd, first I'd ever heard of it, so I thought I'd just... Um, We're not moving in my time, I can tell you that for now. We're yeah. staying in old chimney pots where we belong, so yeah. I, I just can't. Yeah. I can't do moving clubs out of uh, out, out of town centre, no. so, so we won't be moving in my Wiki, You have to get Wikipedia corrected, Andy. <laughs> oh, no, I like to print all sorts of shite. <laughs> you don't want to be another Horwich Wanderers, do you? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we we uh, we're staying where we are. We're next at Crown Club and uh, bottom at Crown Steps. We're, we're open to build. On, on our own uh, Jack Barrett uh, stand, build all the facilities for hospitality and decent bars in there. And uh, our, our own meetings about it this afternoon, believe it or not. We want to kick it off. Uh, first, first time it's, uh, it makes sense, but we can't, uh, you know, we can't be spending big money at minute till we, till we know, you know, we're up and running again. Uh, the last thing you want is a lot of new bars and, uh, better facilities and no nobody around. Okay, um, Andy, we just got a couple of quick questions if you if you don't mind. Uh, Chris Priest just says, "Have you ever met or spoken to Simon Sadler? What are your thoughts on him?" I never met him when we played uh, when we played at Blackpool and we beat you one 0 I think you were a bit upset at end that match because it was <laughs> a little by Sean McConville and uh, I, I were elated obviously and it might equal and oppositely listen he's took on a big job at Blackpool and uh, seems a decent guy so so he certainly looks to have put his money where his mouth is he's coming and he's uh, he's doing a job for you so so full credit to him you know anybody that will take on a football club deserves full credit and they, they deserve support by fans until they lose that support like Oysters did uh, so so you've got to get behind him you're doing great this season uh, we are yeah, it's going to be a big match tomorrow, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. I got a I got a text off uh, Jack Go uh, Jack Gorn. Jack, yeah, yeah. Jack Gorn from uh, Daily Mail he's today. The Blackpool fan, Jack. He's, he's a nerve. Uh, he said something like, "Well, he said exactly. 
and I'm going to call him out for it. That's <laughs> after I'm talking to Daily Mail, by the way. Uh, go and carry on, talk to Jace, I'll find it and let you know. Right, Jace, let's, um, let's move on to you. Sorry you've been sat there in silence for the most part. This is the Accrington Stanley Blackpool preview game, so let's let's just let's, let's, <laughs> let's get that underway. So, Tom, do you want to um, do your stato a bit with? Uh... Yeah, no problem. So, yeah, the two sides have met sort of ten times since two thousand six. Accrington and Blackpool both won in three games each, and we've drawn four times. So, it's been quite close encounters on the whole, um, and I personally don't see tomorrow being any different. Do you think the same, Jace? Uh, no, I think we'll have thirty-six percent possession. And we'll win 3 0 with three goals from the Sheriff of Nottingham. Me <laughs> being biased. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yeah, so that's that. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been playing very well, so I'm always I'm always a, a glass half full sort of guy, so yeah. But last Saturday was disgusting, so you never know. We might have the same this week, but yeah, I think we'll win. We bottom teams. We struggle against the bottom teams. Every time we've played someone on the bottom, we've either got beat or drawn or well, I, mean, I think we'll have to beat anyone in the bottom, bottom four. Jace, Jace, you must, you must be really, really pleased with where the team are, though, because I think if you if you win your games in hand, you go top, don't you? Um, uh, if if I got if I got my stats right, even even, with, even notwithstanding the loss of Wigan, don't, don't, don't tell anybody that. Don't tell anybody that. Don't tell anybody that. It's points on the board that matter, not not games in hand. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We just quietly go about our business. That's, it's the best. Way, it's the. It's about February and then storm the league. It's the best way, Jace, fly under the radar. Yes. <laughs> okay, Tom? Yeah, yeah. So, um, both, yeah both teams have gone into the, uh, into the match in impressive form. Um, we're both sort of first and second in the last eight games played. Um, Blackpool win their last game um, with an impressive 3-2 win at um, Hull um, with a dramatic last five minutes. Tim, it was an interesting match. Um, what do you think the best sort of positive on the night was versus, uh, versus Hull? You said it was to me, was it? Yeah, sorry, Tim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I thought I thought generally it was the fact that, I mean, I think it was the first game that we've come from behind to, w- to win. Uh, and I think I think Hull, I, I don't know whether Aki have played Hull yet, but um, they're a very strong side and, and a very, very, um, uh, very, very powerful midfield. And, and what impressed me most was the way that we matched them man for man and the way that we kept their forwards quiet. And um, I think that gave us the platform for the win that we saw in the last minute, which was, you know, again, it's it's so distressing that we weren't in the in the ground because that winning goal in the north stand, where all the f- sort of um, you know the lads um, sort of congregate. I mean, what what would the atmosphere have been like if we'd been there for that winner? So you know, Andy touched on it before, didn't he, about how important it is to have fans in there, and um, so disappointing with all these games and tomorrow that we're not able to enjoy them in the way that we do. We've become couch potatoes, haven't we? Which with lower league football is not what it's about. Lower league football is all about going and having that pint and meeting up with your mates and jumping on a train and doing an away day. And um, and here we are, we're sat on a couch watching it like the Man United and Liverpool fans um, that live down the road do, isn't it? You You know, the biggest Liverpool fan in the world has never been to Anfield. So you end, you know, I think I think there is a little bit of a task, Andy, to get fans back. But I think what we've seen at Blackpool, where we boycotted for five years, and there was all this talk about will will we still have the enthusiasm for it when we come back? I think we come back with more enthusiasm, yeah. and I think actually 
as an owner, I think you can see that as a positive because I think people are going to be absolutely gagging to get back to games. I don't think you'll have a problem getting people back. I think we're all, we're so all so desperate, um, and um, uh, and I think I think it could be a bit of a hopefully a bit of a boom time for attendances when we're finally allowed properly, rather than the two thousand or the four thousand or whatever it might be. So if you're into two and below, though, isn't it? Yeah. So um, we were desperate to get into it too. We? <laughs> we were. We were. Yeah. East Lanks drags us down, though, doesn't it? Two thousand. <laughs> All right. Well. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how much atmosphere 2000 can create, actually, even in some of these Premier League rounds, isn't it? it? makes a massive difference, particularly you know, because we've almost got used to this very sanitised, soulless atmosphere, haven't we? And then you stick 2000 fans in there and it changes the dynamic yeah. straight away. So, so Andy, um, obviously you've signed Michael Nottingham from us. Um, how, how did that deal come about with Michael Nottingham? Well, look, Colin, we're after him for ages and... Uh... It, we, 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 he refused loads of players and just said, I'm just waiting and waiting and waiting until uh, t- till we got him at a price we could afford. And, uh, you know, that, that's one good thing about Coley. He is patient. And if he, if he finds somebody he wants, he'll, uh, he'll hang around for him. And we did. But he's a, he's, a, he's a, you know, he's a top lad. He is a top lad. We're on bus and we've had a few beers coming back. Michael hadn't, by the way, because we played Saturday, Tuesday, uh, what me and Coley did. Uh, and I'll do a glass of Prosecco and, and I bent toilet on bus and I came out climbed up steps and Michael was stood at top and uh, I thought there needs to be another two steps here the, you know the giants now our, our, <laughs> our, our, our back uh, players at back floor, back in back four or five three five two whichever formation we're playing they're uh, you know six foot five and six foot four and they're getting their head on everything but uh, they're a really smart nice lad and uh, fits 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 up into the lack of love. It fits straight in and uh, brilliant. You do get some players that just work at certain clubs. I know we were like that. We had the likes of Stephen Craney, and he got absolutely slated by the Leeds fans before we signed him. And it was an absolute revelation for us. So it's, sometimes it's horses for courses, and it's some players that you know they they match clubs perfectly. And I think Knotts is the He's perfect for Aki, but he was, he was just very shaky for us. So, um, yeah, I, I, we all hope he does really well anyway. It was, uh... I think the difference between us uh, is, you know, especially with fans about when, when he gets in front of Clare and then he'll, uh, he'll, he'll be well appreciated. And because we have a really small, tight squad, you know, they're more important, they feel more important, so they're happier. They, you know, they're, everybody's really key to what, what we're trying to do because we're a small, tight-knit group of group of lads so, so you know he'll get games he'll get a lot of games and it'll he, for me he's, he's just getting better and better it's like he's never been away uh, what do you think Jess? Yeah he's a good good and really good him and uh, Burgess have been our, a revelation at the back Jace is, uh, is, he, is he playing centre half or right back not he's playing right right to the three that's interesting because oh, right. yeah, yeah. He's playing right to the three. Okay. So he gets, he gets, but he gets the chance to bomb on. So, oh really? Yeah. Oh, we didn't play him in that position. He was, he was kind of a. Yeah, he, gets bomb on. Right. he was just a solid centre half. Or so right? that's, that's interesting. Well, that, John's not really playing a back five anymore. It's sort of really fluid, like like the chef. He's saying it's like the Sheffield United played against the Premier League. So okay, I don't watch Premier League football, so I've got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, no, uh, no, yeah. But yeah, it, it works. It seems to work. The right back pushes on and. Not because a little jaunt up front, so yeah, it's all right. It's good. Right, cool. I don't so, know how you let him go. I don't know how you let him go. 
we've got yours in the middle and uh, uh, Cam Burgess, Dave Burgess, a lad on, on left of it. Oh, the, the Dave Burgess. The Dave Burgess. Yeah, Dave Burgess, as lad it is. We used to play so, for us, Dave Burgess. <laughs> oh, Dave Burgess, I would see you. Oh, so, man. oh, yeah, we had a right back called Dave Burgess. In the 80s. We're going back a bit there, John. <laughs> That, that back, that back, uh, that by three. You know, we we Toby been signed until we got to Wigan, and then we got, you know, we're like the world had ended. So we're back, we're back on good scratch. We played well against Gillingham midweek. Great yeah. edit goal for the second one. It was superb. Yeah, I bet you, were, I bet you were dancing around that that uh, that that uh, exec box, weren't you? At that point, I didn't go. I want good. I said to Corley, I said, listen. We had a pint after game uh, last Saturday, uh, and, and he said not Saturday before against uh, MK Dons when we beat them. And he, he said, "You said you're coming to Gillingham." I said, "I'm not going to Gillingham." Uh, it's, it's like three days in a camel ride, <laughs> furthest ground in the world to go to. Yeah. I'm not going. He said, uh, "He said if we beat Wigan, you're coming." I said, "All right, beat Wigan, and I'll come." So, <laughs> After that match, I just said to him, you didn't want me to come, did you? <laughs> but you don't need to tell Cole. You know, if, if we were bottom at table, you didn't need me to tell Cole about it. You don't get up for three days. <laughs> like a, you know, it's like a wounded animal. Uh, so, so, fantastic, man. Uh, he, he actually, uh, uh, in early days, he told me about you, Jess. Cole. Did he? No, I did. He <laughs> Live on air. <laughs> Sorry, Jace, I've, I've just had to mute your mic there. It's uh, we're getting a lot of interference. So we, we've mentioned Michael Nottingham played for both clubs. We do have a bit of fun at the end of these pods and. We go through clubs that have played for both. So we've obviously talked about Michael Nottingham. And the next most obvious one, Andy, for, for Blackpool fans is Brett Ormerod, uh, a club legend at Bloomfield Road and played his trade at Aki. And Tim, you were you were telling us a bit of a story about... Yeah, well, about, actually, bear in mind my research involved looking on Wikipedia and I've got one <laughs> wrong. I don't know whether this is right either. But the it, it mentioned that apparently, and this is obviously before your time, Andy, there's always a bit of a joke around Blackpool that, um, the Ormrod money's buried under the stand somewhere because when Brett was sold to Southampton for 1.7 million, I think it was, yeah. um, we never saw any of it. Never, none of it got reinvested. But apparently Aki's share helped propel them into the Football League. And um, maybe Jace knows a little bit about that. But I think you got either 20 or 25%, although I suspect Carl may well have tried to negotiate that down. I believe there was some, we won't sell him unless you agree to accept less. But I believe. And so there may actually be, despite what we thought, an Ormrod legacy, and that is the fact that you're a football league club, and and, and ours is still under the south stand somewhere. <laughs> well, listen, there's not much left to dig up. If I find it, I'll let you know. Uh, can we have it? I get that sorted now. <laughs> but it would be quite nice if that story was true. I don't know whether Jay can help us out on it. But you know, if you've if you've had it, one of your, lo- your local sons start with you. Play, you know, he's obviously been at Blackburn, comes to us. Um, and to be fair, he made it reasonably big, didn't he? Going to get into playing the Premier League, first of all, for Southampton, then latterly, he got a swan song with us. 
But it would be great if there was some truth in that story that he helped his hometown club uh, end up getting back where they belonged in the Football League. Because obviously you've been cut adrift, haven't you, for what, thick end of 40 years after the, uh, you, you had to uh, resign. So, um, yeah, make, Jay, make it true. Tell us it's true. <laughs> it, definitely is, it, it definitely is true, yeah. It definitely is true. <laughs> I, think he's, I think his money either started as going full-time or it definitely allowed us to get out, out into conference. Oh, fantastic. So, Good, yeah, old Brett, eh? Good old Brett. We started paying, paying big bucks for people in the, uh, the Unibond, I think. So, yeah. So we've got Dion. And- it, it definitely started off. Andy, we've got Dion Charles, one of your best players, uh, coming in as a... They played for both. I didn't even know this. Has he, has he played for Blackpool? Apparently so, yeah. yeah. I think we released him. Yeah. You must have got squad with all these players you let him go. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Talk, talk to uh, Brett when he comes He comes off into ground when non-Covid times. Uh, great lad. Uh, and Dion, Dion, for me, is my type of player. Like, he's a bit like Scotty Brown. He's all action, puts... Under ninety percent in his is is at it all all match and uh, you know what what some people say is you know he needs to do this he needs to do that he needs to do other but he makes up for it in spades with effort and uh, it's great to see him getting loads of tappings uh, and I thought they won it for a style team sheet. Oh, okay, All right, a few more a few more from the listeners. We've got Andy Gout coming from Christian Walston. It's probably a bit before your time, Andy. Uh, yes. we're, we're, <laughs> Jace is nodding there, so he obviously remembers Gowki. GTF, uh, another Blackpool legend, played for Aki at the back end of his career. And I, I remember the game where you beat us 2-1. I think we were winning 1-0 with about five minutes to go. And um, you scored twice. It was, the, I think it was the first season when we were kind of back after the protest. Or during the, it was during the protest area. It was during the protest. It was during the protest, yeah. And you got two in injury time, I think. That's right. You literally scored two goals. So a draw and then win, and, and GTF came on as a sub. I think. I think it was just he only played a couple of games for it. About four was it? I think for you. But uh, he's a legend at Blackpool. He's um, again. I think we talk about players who who fit a club like a glove, and just like Craney did, GTF did that for us. He, you know, he was he was instrumental in us getting in the Premier League, and he thrived in the Premier League as well. I think he was a. Uh... Ridiculously underrated. He's one of my favourite yeah. Blackpool players of all time. Actually, he's he's an incredible footballer. He, he, he played for us, and he's, he is a great guy. He, he were at club not long back. I've seen him. He comes around quite often. So, so and the, the one thing about Aki is these players they they, uh, they regularly come back. They, they have a they have a fondness for our club, and uh, every time I talk to him, uh, and you know that's what uh, Gary was saying. It's uh, it's good to see him. He didn't. He didn't play so often in you know, for us because uh, well, he may have an old codger every time we got him. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, yeah, yeah, but great guy, great guy. We've got Bobby Bobby Grant, Andy. Do you remember him? Is that's a question mark? So MB's. Well, I, think, I think I've seen him play once, but he's 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 great crack. He tells a good joke. He went to Fleetwood, didn't he? As well, yeah. Liam Richardson. Yeah, I think he was there for a while, wasn't he? Yeah, Jace's these. I know, I know. Manager as well, wasn't he, Liam? Manager, yeah, after um, Cookie left. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He was, yeah. After yeah. Cook left. Danny Coyd. Yeah. I don't remember him. So we've got Gerardo Bruner. Let's not even go there. <laughs> Jimmy Ryan, Jace. This will be one you know. Yes, yeah. yeah, so we used to have a corner routine for Jimmy Ryan. What was that? 
we had a short corner routine for Jimmy. It's called Jimmy Ryan. So every time we get a short corner now, somebody screams Jimmy Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it worked for about a season. Uh, Robbie, William, Robbie Williams, left back. Remember him? Did he play for Blackpool? Yeah, he did. Yeah, scored in the playoff oh, final. Oh, 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 in the 2007 yeah. playoff final. A wonderful left foot. <laughs> Jace, I think you'll remember this one. You might do, depending on how old you are. Rory Prendergast. Used to dive a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Left back and uh, yeah, Gary Prendergast didn't come from Mackey. Yeah, that's correct. Right, um, gents. So just to close the show out now, we've been over an hour. Uh, we're going to close out with our score predictions for the match tomorrow. Just generally, get Andy, just, just going back to the football for a minute. How do you see the game panning out tomorrow, given what you know about us and obviously what you know about Aki? I think it's going to be a really tough game. Uh, I hope, uh, obviously, we score first. I think we'll win. I think we'll win 2-1. Uh, I wouldn't say anything else, by the way. Uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be a really tough game for both sides. Uh, we, we, we're not, uh, you know, we'll treat you with respect, but we're not We're not, uh, We're not. not frightened of it. Let's, let's get at it. I can't wait for it. It's going to be a good game. So what, what style of football do you play, just to the uninitiated... We'll obviously keep it on floor as much as we can, uh, and we'll uh, we'll we'll work, we'll work as as uh, wingers up and down. Joe and probably Sean tomorrow. I don't I don't know who's call is going to pick, uh, and get keep getting boxes in for for Colby and Dion, mm. getting balls in for, for Dion and get some more tappings. We'll be looking for tappings if we can get them. Uh, one thing we missed last season with the tappings, and we're starting to get them again. So, you know, we've got a strong, great midfield. Uh, Matt Butcher's playing great. Sheamus is is on fire this season, so so I, I think I think we'll be, you know, we'll be up for a game, and I, and I think it'll be a tough game and a tight game. Jay, so over to you. Your thoughts on the match tomorrow? with The prediction? Yeah, I'm sticking with um, the Nottingham superstar show three 0 to us. Build up with a Jimmy Ryan corner, eh? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> bring back the Jimmy Ryan Jimmy Ryan corner. Uh, three times for my, my sheriff of Nottingham to put them in. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a shame, it's a shame we can't be there. Otherwise. It is. It's a massive shame. It's always a great, great occasion. Yeah, so let's hope it's, we get back next season. I just remember last season's game, Andy. It was a, a roasting hot day. We were sat in your new stand. And I remember I, my seat was at the front. I was boiled alive by the end. So <laughs> I sneaked in. I sneaked into the terrace in the second half. Yeah, it was a bit surreal being in Accrington with uh, blue skies and uh, roasting that weather. So, yeah. But I do remember at the time thinking they're a bloody good side, Aki, and they play decent football. And, yeah, I was I was pleasantly surprised with the with the style of football that you played. And, yeah, it's going to be a good game anyway. So, Tom, over to you. What's your thoughts on the game tomorrow? Give us a match prediction. Uh, I think it's going to be a draw. I think history will repeat itself. But I'm going to go with a, quite a big score draw. Go for 2-2. Two, that sounds about right. Tim, over to you. Yeah, for for the benefit of Andy and Jace, I'm normally known for my pessimistic <laughs> score predictions. <laughs> he is. Um, uh, I'm I'm the doom merchant. I think it's a bit of reverse psychology, really. But, um, we are playing we are playing pretty well at the moment. Um, we've we're a different team to the first half. We were bottom after seven games, and you know whilst we're still twelfth, we're not far off those playoff spots. So. Um, I do quite fancy us. I'd take a draw, but I'm sticking with my chip because I did a prediction on Tuesday night and I can't really denigrate from that. So I'm going for a 2-1 win to Blackpool and we're going to rob you again. 
And Andy, the only thing well, I think we're going to rob you. <laughs> and Andy, there's one good thing about no fans being there. There's going to be no one chucking bottles onto the pitch this season. This is only one or two, one or two overexcited kids. It's, it's when our goal got sent off that I got so, <laughs> a, bit, a bit annoyed. You know that that was that was a signal, but uh, Cole was spitting feathers at the end of that match. But anyhow, he should, he, uh, well, if he was spitting feathers, he should have just taken a swig of the, the bottle that was thrown on that had a quenched his thirst. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he, the goalie, the goalie had a drink of it. He pretended to have a drink. He was having a laugh at the beginning, so it was pretty funny. But yeah, yeah. We, we are joking. It's completely out of order what was happening. So hopefully, us, us as a fan base, we'll try and root that out next uh, next time we're there. We'll have a word with the muckers, eh, Tim? But we want to because just just on a serious note, our policing bill goes up. Does it really? So, like we we. we we are, we rarely get. I think we want only clubs not to have any arrests last season, uh, and and it, it keeps our prices low. You're grant, you're graded by the police. Everybody has a uh, a category, and and our category is that we hardly pay anything, so we can keep t- tickets low. You know, and, and against Blackpool, they're they're asking to charge twelve thousand pounds instead of four, just because Jesus. a few idiots. Is that right? God. For me, we, for me, we abuse the hospitality there. I mean, you know, we had a great day and, you know, and it's unfortunate that you're always going to get some idiots and, you know, and and it was quite embarrassing from my perspective because, you know, you, you could see the effort you'd all put in. You know, we'd had, we'd had the great thing in the fan zone. We've had a great, great day out. Like John said, it was fantastic weather. Game's going well. Everybody's enjoying themselves. And then, then you get that. And, and I said it was a really, really unfortunate. I think you... He keeper just had a mad one, didn't he? And just he didn't he really throw it, he just sort of tossed it to the side, but ended back in the crowd. And it, it was first day back, and all there were a lot of ice spirits and a lot of uh, you know, cheap beer. And uh, you know, there always risk of people being a bit daft after after so long not, not watching your team. So, it, it, listen, it's gone. Like, let's hope that in future we, we, we're great. Clubs as friends, friendly clubs with each other. I know a lot of your people there. Uh, you know, let, let's make it. Let's keep the rivalry, but but not not be uh, not be too daft about it and force either club into too big into big police bills. And mm. uh, you know, we'll keep us prices available cheap. Otherwise, next time it'll be five quid a pound in the end. <laughs> and that's that. Not two. So was, that- was it two quid a pint? Was it really? Yeah. Oh, what a yeah. Absolutely. That's right. Remember, John. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, when we win, it's a pound a pint. We were playing Bradford, and I, and I was outside talking to some Bradford fans. And I said, "Listen, if we win, it's a pound a pint." He said, "I hope we lose then." What <laughs> 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 before match? Are you yeah. serious? Seriously, it's pound a pint. Uh, when we win, we're winners, are we? Yeah, that's quality. Have a pint a pint. <laughs> We're restricted to six pints a person because you couldn't get to a bar for people getting twelve. <laughs> uh, but that's okay. You know, we uh, we we uh, listen. We have a great time at the end of match. That's when we talk about match win, lose, or draw. You know, and uh, Jess usually said to me when I'm chewing, trying to get my face straight after a bad defeat. You know, he'll just say, "Look, it happens that we we're going in the right direction," and it's been really helpful to me as well as a. Uh, as a you know, a fledgling owner of a club, because you do, you do, you do get times when you're sick as a parrot. You know, things have gone against you, a ref decision, somebody's chucked a ball on pitch or whatever, and you're going to get them. But you do get times like that, and, and we have great fans that 
you know, it's not me going out to them and saying, listen, I'm sorry, lads. They're saying to me, don't worry about it. Keep it up. We're on right tracks. And it's a different club, Zach. It's a great club. They, they, they really are. It's like who motivates the motivator, I guess, when you're, you're kind of at the top well, what, what, I feel like they do when it, when it all goes wrong. You know, I feel and call it as we all, you know, we're not trying to do it wrong or trying to lose or whatever. We're trying to do his best and uh, and we'll continue to do so. But, you know, when when, uh, uh, when when things go well, you know, we enjoy it and uh, there's kids firing around and all the rest of it. It's, it's, it's great. And I'll, I'll, that's what I miss about tomorrow. We won't be able to win, lose, or draw. I won't have Jace telling me shit happens or, or whatever. It'll be... Uh, uh, I'll be there on my own talking to myself. Yeah. You can always come on here, uh, Andy. We've got we do a post match show, so um, if you there's no, an open no. invite. If you want, if you if you I'm even if you get paid, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to match. I don't want to be like uh, Cole. I, I, you know, I've had many dudes with Cole. I said, look, just write your speech before end up match and just say, say what it says. <laughs> I don't want to trap you because uh, at end up match, you know, you, you're. Uh, Emotions are running high, and they catch these managers. And Cole used to, uh, well, it, it, it didn't used to manage that well. If you know, wore his heart on his sleeve, and now he's a lot more, he's a lot more measured. I'm, I'm not as measured as Cole. I'm tend to say things I shouldn't say. <laughs> and I'm better off kept out of yeah. it. Yeah, leave me and altruism. Sometimes we do these shows directly after the game because we want that immediate after match emotion. It's it's tempered slightly, isn't it? If you leave it a day, so right, uh, Andy. Thanks a lot. For, we'll leave it there. We'll let you get back to your evening. Um, thanks a lot, ever so much for coming. It's been really, it's been really good having you on, and uh, you too, Jace. Look after yourself. I don't, I don't need to turn this off. Are you turning it off? Yeah. Well, I'll play a little outro video. Um, that's from a uh, message from Jace there, Accrington Stanley Pride of Lancashire. So. Thanks a lot for joining us, Tim. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tom. You're welcome. Thanks, Thank Andy. You. Thank you. And thanks, Jace. Here's the, here's the three points for either club tomorrow. Hopefully, hopefully three in Tangerine. Thanks for everyone on the stream for watching. Thanks for all your comments. Makes the show better. We'll speak to you all uh, on tomorrow's show on the 606 Match Reaction Special. All I to be said is thanks for downloading. Thanks for watching. And up the pool and up the Stanley. Up the pool. <laughs> Well, he's already changed the world Small town from the north of England With a great tradition just a few quick messages before you head off I'd just like to ask if you haven't already to please leave us a rating and a review on iTunes it helps the show grow gain more exposure so if you go to seasiderspodcast.co.uk forward slash review that'll redirect you to the iTunes review site so if you could do that that'd be greatly appreciated just to make you aware you can listen to this show on all major podcast platforms including Spotify Pocket Casts and Google Podcasts And if you're not listening to this on a podcast app, I highly encourage you to do so because it is the best way to listen because you get them sent automatically. If you're on social media, we are on there. So please do give us a follow if you're not doing so already. We're on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube. 
Seasiders Pod is my handle, so I'm sure if you search for that or just Seasiders Podcast, you'll find us on there. So if social media is not your thing, we do have an email list. So if you want to sign up to that, you'll get an email whenever we do release a new show. So go to seasiderspodcast.co.uk forward slash email and sign up there. And finally, if you do enjoy what we're doing here and you want to chip in a few quid every month to help pay for our production costs and gear upgrades, please consider joining our Patreon supporter programme where you'll get lots of exclusive content and services in return. So head on over to seasiderspodcast.co.uk forward slash support to find out more. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them, honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.